And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletic Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Here in Portland with you on a Thursday afternoon. Blue Jackets and Devils tomorrow. Last meeting of the season between these two teams. Lots going on in Blue Jackets land. The um, Elvis Merzlikens, what should we call that? The situation, the incident, the, who knows? Uh, it's been a strange story. I'll grant you that. I'm going to load up with my earpiece now, maybe make the video, make the audio better. Tell me if that's better or not. Um, you can join us in two different ways here, either by text, uh, texting your message onto the uh, format, or you can join us on stage. We've got quite a few texted questions already. We'll try to get to as many as we can. We'll go to about 1.45 or 2 o'clock today. Um, bad timing here. I just had to step out of, of uh, Pascal Vincent's uh, chat with the media after practice today. I uh, got him yesterday, so I'm, I'm not sure what exactly new would come out of today's, but it's always good to listen to the coach speak. Um, wondering, I think the, the, uh, we can certainly talk about Elvis. I'm sure that's going to come up a lot. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting now is how are they going to fit Boone Jenner onto the roster? And from what I'm hearing, um, from what I'm hearing, the, uh, the move is going to be to send David Juracek to Cleveland for a couple of games. Now, uh, I think he's going to go with them on the road trip to Canada, but it sounds like he's going to get a couple games back in Cleveland. Um, so I'm sure people have thoughts on that as well. Uh, you can join us on stage. You can join us via text. We've got a good crowd here today, so let's get rolling. Scott T says, do you think that ownership speaks to JD about the constant drama surrounding the organization? They seem to have a big hand in including Colts from Yarmo that just add unnecessary fuel to the fire. The only time the Blue Jackets are mentioned in the media the last few years is for something negative. I believe you mean national media. Not a single national media person knows what management's plans plan is or why they're still employed. When will the madness end? Well, Scott. Um, I think, uh, this is a, a rather interesting time for the Blue Jackets. There's no question about that. And it's been, it's been a loud season for all the wrong reasons here in Columbus. First with Babcock, now with Elvis. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know that any of the rookies, Fantilli is of course a national story, but I'm not sure that any of the rookies follow. A lot of them look really good, have not 
quite leap up the page to a national media level. So that story's not made it uh, national. But I think most of the local out- outlets, and I'll defend ours on this, done a pretty good job of telling it what in a lot of ways is a positive story with all the young players that are coming up. But to answer your question, um, I'm sure ownership speaks to JD. I don't know if they would, if your question hits it on the head, constant drama surrounding the organization. But I, I know that the McConnells um, don't like to be called uh, out publicly or be brought out. Uh, you know, the statement that they issued before the season is about as far as they go. They like to hire hockey people and let them make the decisions. So I don't think they probably like a lot of the noise that's around the team right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it's a constant conversation, a weekly, monthly conversation. But, yes, um, Chris F. says, Bean and Bokefist continue to show both flashes and regression at times. Where is the organization at on those two with the young prospects in the pipeline? Um, well, I, I think uh, Bokefist probably should still be seen as on the border of, of being a prospect. I think he's still only 23 years old. Um, I think they've both had moments this year where they've been pretty good. I, there's just still so much to sort out on the back end. Um, you know, can Wierenski play with Bokefist? Or is that Juracek's job next year? Is that Wierenski and Juracek next year? Because Severson's here for eight. And I, if you're paying a man as handsomely as they're paying him, I would think he's in the top four. Um, so, but they've got some moving parts there on D. There's no question about it. Uh, as you mentioned, with other guys coming, Matejuk coming soon. If not next year, soon thereafter. I mean, I think we'll see him here next year at some point. For sure, I'm not sure if he sticks the whole time. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's still so much. I've said this before. I'll say it again. This team is very much in the middle of a transformation, not at the end of it. We don't think at the beginning of it because it's now a couple years that they've really given some young players some exposure. Um, but there's still a lot to sift out here and sort through. Um, Chad E says, how we make sense of, of Pascal Vincent and the front office's current mindset? Is it play the young guys and we need to see what we have or is it win now? Because every other move seems to contradict the other. Chad, that's been my issue. That's been my, that was my issue with the Daniil Tarasov explanation. Um, I think I've been pretty consistent with this. Not, not that the organization or any of the fans necessarily care, but just saying, um, I'm a play the kids guy. I'm a, this is what this season is now. What do you have? Play them. Uh, get, Get to Fantilli out there. Go. Uh, feed him. Get your check up here. Stick him up here. Play him. And, you know, I'll also admit readily, um, easily, Pascal Vincent knows more than I'll ever know about developing players. There's no question about that. And I've said this before. If, if, you, if you look at it just on a day-by-day basis, I am a play-the-kids guy. Get him in there. Your check gets 18 minutes a night. Even if he struggles, Fantilli takes draws on both sides of the ice. Even if he struggles, that's what this season is. Get through the struggles. Um, but when you step back and look at where a lot of these young players are now versus where they were at the start of the season, they've made tremendous growth. 
Uh, Chinikov is a much different player than I think we've ever seen him before. Um, Sillinger's game has really awakened. So, you know, slow and steady sometimes can be really, really beneficial. I don't like Fantilli going back to the wing with Boone returning. I'm not saying Boone doesn't get his job back. Of course he does. Um, but I don't like taking Fantilli out of the middle. Um, I think this is really, really valuable time for him. And he's actually played pretty well. It's not like he's struggled. And he's, it's nothing but a struggle. It's not been that at all. So, and then, you know, Tarasov is, is put in there and they say, um, well, we got to see what he's got. Now, we can also say this, that that was only half the story, if it was even half the story. The Tarasov taking the net and for five out of six games, Elvis missing six games, was sending a message to Elvis as much, whatever they want to say about how much Tarasov needs to play. This was about getting, this was a corrective measure for Elvis Merzlikens. They want him, they won't say this publicly, they want him to be a better teammate. There's a lot of frustration behind the scenes. That's what that was. And I don't think it does anybody any good. You know, there's the old adage, tell the truth, but don't always be telling it. I think there's a way around this where you don't have to air dirty laundry that you don't want to air publicly. Um, But that was not just simply about Tarasov needing to play. Um, Whose idea was it to give Daniil a long look and bench Elvis? Uh, Yarmo or Pascal? Well, I can't, I'm sure there were discussions about this and Pascal, of course, let Yarmo Kekalainen know what he's thinking and where it's going. They work on these things together, but Pascal picks the lineup. Yarmo has been absolutely clear on that. So I would, I would say it's, it's Pascal's decision. I think Pascal is taking this year to get the dressing room in the place that he feels like it needs to be to be a successful and thriving and healthy dressing room. So he's confronting issues that I think some people would say have been uh, neglected too long. Um, let's see. A reminder, step to the stage if you want. I'll try to bring you in as soon as we can. We'll keep going through some text questions here. But we can take your questions in, in uh, multiple ways. Andrew K says, Must, might sound crazy, but is it possible that the front office completely mismanaged the Eurocheck situation? Oh, what? Uh, hasn't been, I'll finish your question. It hasn't been noticeable too many nights getting 10 to 15 minutes where I feel he'd be better off in Cleveland playing 20 minutes on a contender. Uh, Andrew, this is a, this is a uh, topic that's been rather popular in these parts this year. Um, I'm with you. I, to me, it's either or, but it, it, you can't straddle the fence. You got to pick a development course here that's best for the player and you got to ride it out. Um, They brought Yurichek here at the start of the season. They played him in his 10th game, so the contract kicks in. They told him to get a place, literally told him to get a place. And then soon thereafter, sent him to Cleveland. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, now they're sending him to Cleveland again. I mean, I don't think he's going to be negatively affected by going to Cleveland. I'm not saying that. Uh, I just don't, I don't know. And I don't think Yurichek, I don't think this is, getting to an ugly place with him. I really don't, but we'll see. Um, it's just kind of a mixed message with it. It, it lends itself to, to people wondering what the hell is going on. I would love, I, I think your check 
has learned a lot this year and it's only halfway over. But I, I would not have had a problem if they sent him back to Cleveland and played him heavy, heavy minutes, AHL All-Star again, played on the power play, and really let him grow and learn down there. But this is a development course, too. He spent a year there already. He thinks he's ready for the NHL. Play him in the NHL. Um, it's got to be one or the other. And, and there have been a lot of nights where I feel like he should have played more. So I, and I'm not going to say, let me, let me go back to what I said earlier. I'm not going to say that the, the front office has completely mismanaged the year check situation. I haven't. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that because, again, who knows what he may become. I just, I don't like the, the either or, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I like much more, you know, tell the kid where he's going to be and stick to it. Uh, unless this play just goes through the floor, which I don't think it has. Um, Ed N says, is Yarmo calling the shot on who plays and who sits? It seems like during the Elvis drama, Yarmo and Vincent were telling two different scenarios. Um, it has, it has felt like that about a lot of things this season, being honest. But I can tell you from having conversations with Yarmo that he lets the coach pick the lineup. Easy as that. Simple as that. Um, he insists that that's how it goes. That, uh, that the room is Pascal's. He picks the lineup. They talk about it, certainly. GMs don't like surprises, but he lets the coach coach his team. Uh, Chad E. says, help me understand the CBJ management and coaching mindset. Is it play? Oh, yeah. We already got to that one. Look at me. Johnny H. Uh, how much input does Rick Nash have when it comes to development of players already on the big club? People seem up in arms about your checks sitting or Fantilli being moved to wing and not center. Um, so Nash mostly deals with the, with the development. He's the director of player development. So that's getting players to the NHL. And I don't get the sense that he has much interaction. I mean, he's Rick Nash. He's around. The players certainly look up to him and converse with him. But I don't get the sense that he has a ton of interaction with players or input on players once they're in the NHL. Now, he, his opinion is valued, certainly. I think you're talking about quite possibly a future president of the organization. I don't think he wants to be GM, but you know he's working uh, his way into a pretty sweet gig in the National Hockey League. So his, his opinion is valued, but I don't think he is still doing day-to-day -day work with the, the young players in terms of development. I think that gets turned over to their coaches here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
uh, Daniel H. Actually, we've got two people in the state, so I'm going to tell you now uh, who's up, and we're going to take a couple more text questions, and then we'll come to the stage. So, Steve E., you will be first. Sean L., you will be second. So, you guys be ready to go. We're going to get a couple more text questions, and then we're going to get to the stage. Uh, Daniel H. says, hey, I'm new to the world of hockey. Welcome, Daniel. I'm obviously loving it so far. Where do the Blue Jackets actually rank in terms of talent in the NHL? Well, Daniel, I would say this, not to be cheeky or, or a bit of an a-hole. I would, what are the, where are they in the standings? Um, I think that's a kind of a subjective and difficult thing to measure. If you want to say young talent in the NHL, I think they have probably as impressive an abundance of 23 and under talent as just about any team in the league, certainly in the top four or five teams in that regard. Um, there are some moves to be made here because it's starting to get a little crowded in the top six when you see Sillinger looking like a middle six center, Chinikov looking like a top six wiener, winger, Whoa. Marchenkov looking like a top six winger, Voronkov looking like a top nine guy, Kent Johnson looking like a middle six winger, um, maybe a top line winger. I said this the other day, their centers are 19, 20, and 23, uh, the top three centers before Jenner returned. That's unheard of in the NHL. Um, so the question now, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you that the Blue Jackets are going to be awesome in five years. I, I, what I'm telling you is that the challenge before this group now is to make wise trades to position some of these players into the spots that are best suited to their styles and to move the, the players that don't fit or that, that are sort of redundant given where some of these players are going to end up. Um, and then within that, it's keeping these players, keeping them here, fostering a situation where they wish to remain here and allowing it to grow. So there's that. Uh, Philip A says, thanks as always for these. You're welcome. Philip, thank you. Two questions. Do you feel there is any disconnect between coaches and management? Any feelings on trades with Line A coming back not too far away? Um, so the two groups talk all the time. I don't want to say there's a disconnect because that suggests that they don't communicate, and I, I know that they do. I do think that the management um, has been stressing since the start of the season, not so much lately, stressing that this is uh, in their opinion, a playoff caliber team. And I think Pascal Vincent, uh, he stuck to that script early, but his actions have suggested that of, of a coach playing the long game. Um, not so, not that he doesn't want to make the playoffs this year. Of course he would if he, if he could, um, but that he needs to do what's right by these players to make sure they get as high as they can be at their peak of their careers. So he's trying to foster these guys the right way. Um, whereas I think some other people in the building probably resigned to the fact now that it's not going to happen. Uh, but certainly when the season started, believed that this is a team that should make a push for the playoffs. Let's go to the stage. Sean L. Sean, are you with me? I am. How are you, Aaron? Good, man. How are you? Doing well. Hope you're doing well. Um, there's something on my mind that I would really like to uh, um, put out to you about about this team. I think this team, and this is going to sound 
obviously like a average fan hot take, but I think this team needs a complete top to bottom marketing makeover. This and th- we're we're in the same city with the crew that are winning championships. You're in the same city with Ohio State, which just hired a new AD from Texas yep. A&M. So this right. man knows nothing besides raising money and building business relationships to make his university money. So whoever was in charge of the Cleveland Monsters kind of new color scheme logo, we need to hire that person and bring him down to Columbus because the current logo has been around since 2007, 2008. It's dated. It doesn't, it's, it's not, anywhere near as a what i'm trying to say doesn't have the je ne sais quoi right it doesn't have and and, and sometimes you really have to i'm a big fan of the saying fake it till you make it sometimes confidence begets confidence and sometimes you have to fake being confident even when you don't feel confident and so to get some excitement to get some notoriety to get some kind of momentum going with all these young players that you just got started talking about they're in the pipeline i'm super excited to see what gavin brindley can do um next year playing with adam fantilli i think he's next cam atkinson but where i'm where i'm getting at is that this team needs a new way of thinking from the way that we develop guys to the way that we set our lineups to the way that we make our trades and i'm going all the way to how we deal with the fans at the game i mean god love Mike Todd, I absolutely love the guy, but it's been 20 years. Can we get a co-host? I mean, I mean, seriously, it's been 20 years of the same guy every single time, throwing pizzas, throwing t-shirts. I just think we need a a new thought process. Is it just me? Well, I don't think it's just you and and some of that stuff. Like I'm, I'm not a marketing major by any stretch. I think you got to be really careful because I love Columbus. I love central Ohio. I'm just getting to your logo and motif issue first for me there's not uh, a real hook here in columbus that makes for an obvious nickname certainly not that's better than the blue jackets i like the nickname i like the i don't mind the jersey i think i i mean i'm more of a fan of keeping those and letting them grow into the public consciousness the more you change those things the more mickey mouse and transient you seem to me um and to me, that's a, that's a, just a totally totally off to the side thought from all of the other stuff the in arena stuff i am i'm careful to judge that for a couple of reasons if you go to every game your experience with every game is far different from what most people do, which is come to one or two games a night or a season. And it is this game and this team because they don't have a rival. And how sad is that? Mm-hmm. The yeah. game is like, I had a ton of family that came to the Toronto game that they won in overtime. And they were for 36 hours, even people. Even my wife, who doesn't give a rat's ass about sports in general, is like, that was amazing. <laughs> and then I just kept thinking, if they had come one game later, I think it was the Buffalo game, absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Just dreadful. And, you know, when, when you are the New York Rangers, or the Boston Bruins, or even the Vegas Golden Knights, because you've been really good for three or four years now, in the case of the 
Bruins for 15 years. The case of the Rangers, it's been, you know, there's a down spot, but they're typically a very competitive team, Madison Square Garden. It's an event, and it used to feel like an event here. Uh, the early years of the franchise, even when they weren't very good, it felt like an event. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times it's gotten tired in the building. It's way too safe for me when I think people really respond to edgy, although you do run the risk of offending people. Um, I'm not sure if that's a, I don't think that's a Mike Todd thing. I think the host is the host, but it just used to feel like it was more of a production on night on the town rather than, oh yeah, this again. Um, so that's part of it. The other, the other thing is we're bitching about things that nobody would complain about. I don't think if the team were better, yeah, if the team were winning, like there's nothing more uh, depressing than the intermission uh, gags and jokes and games when they're God awful. Um, yeah. Nobody wants to smile and be happy. They're pissed off at the hockey team right now. Don't give me musical chairs. Uh, it all feels different when they're competitive and they're winning. Um, I, I feel the one thing that has always, and this, this, this is, this will piss some people off, I guess, but I've always felt like the organization could go a step further with a lot of things that they do to make it feel special. A couple of years ago, they hired Aaron Johnson to help with some of the stuff behind the scenes. There used to be families that would show up uh, to see their relative play's first NHL game, and literally, I would get DMs from some of them on on Twitter saying, "Where should we go? How do we get into the building? Is there a restaurant you can recommend?" And I'm like, "My God, like, why are they asking me?" <laughs> well, I don't mind them asking me, but they, should, to your point, they shouldn't be there. There should be somebody shepherding them yes. to making it one of the most special nights of their lives. And I feel like some of those really nice touches uh, have slid through the years. Um, I think Aaron Johnson was hired to fix that. And Aaron Johnson is a wonderful guy, a very personable person who I think has taken care of a lot of those things. But that you can't do those things enough if you're a young franchise right. struggling to get your, your footing. So no, you make you make you make such a great point, Porty, about the rival thing because. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the FC Cincinnati and crew. And it just yeah. kind of went together Great. so Incredible. seamlessly. Yes. And, it re- and it added so much passion to an already, you know, pretty prestigious fra- uh, franchise 100%. in hockey terms. But uh, last question for you. Have, you. have you had the ability to put together the interview yet between the crew coach and Pasco Vincent? Is that in the works at all? Uh, nothing, nothing has taken steps forward for that. No. And I don't think that is something that's going to go forward. You know, during this break, I'm not sure what, what Pascal's got going on during the lengthy break for the all-star game. I mean, if he's just, I would totally understand it if he's just trying to get away because he's been fairly immersed 18 hour days since the season started, but that's a little window where that could happen. I'm not sure if, if, uh, if the, the uh, crew coach is around right now or not. Um, but no, there's been no, nothing taken toward that. But I, I, I would love to get those two together. I wish I could drink right now. I'd put them on the other either side of me at a bar stool and say, "Go, right, uh, talk right. Soc- soccer." I almost called it soccer. Uh, you talk soccer, <laughs> talk hockey, and and see where you guys meet. Because I, th- I think they would be. I think 
I think there'd be a lot of similarities, and I think there'd be also some really interesting differences. The crew coach is a uh, Wilfred Nancy is a very that's his name, yeah, very forward thinking coach. I I think Vincent is sort of a mixture of of old school, but is very much a player's coach too. Um, and the sports don't, of course, perfectly relate to each other. There's some differences there, but not all together. There's but one ball, and it's hard to right. score. So there's that in common too. Sean, thanks for the uh, the questions. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, we'll we'll let you go. Uh, we'll come back to the stage in just a minute to grab Alex L. So Alex L, uh, stand stand ready if you would. Um, Andy J says, "Hey, I'm wondering." what the CBJ plan for Roslovic at the deadline is re-signing trade. Um, Andy, uh, to me, he is a UFA on a team with crowded forwards. So I, my suggestion is that he would be likely on the move. I believe this, this might make the third year in a row. We've, we've suggested he could be on the move at the trade deadline. Um, I don't think we've ever reported that he's for sure going to be traded, but, it's probably closer to that this year than it has been in previous years because of his expiring contract. I also think as a credit to Rostovic, we must say this, he has played better this year. He was playing really well when he hurt his ankle early in the season. Um, I think the skating is, is still coming back. He's a really good skater, uh, but breaking your ankle is not, you know, the easiest thing to come back from. Um, I think he's been fine since he's come back, but I don't think it's an effort issue. I just think it's just finding the gears again. He's going to be on a line tomorrow night with Jenner uh, and Fantilli. Fantilli on the left, Jenner in the middle, Rostovic on the right. Uh, so an opportunity there to to, to play for sure. Uh, Nick L says, do you think Jack Greaves makes the team next year? What would you predict in his is his ceiling? Uh, great question. The first part of that is a little bit difficult. I, I would guess at this rate that it's possible. But if we look ahead, Elvis is still here, which is not out of the question. That's not going to be an easy contract to trade. Um, I would suggest that Jet Greaves probably will not be. Probably another year in the AHL. That's okay. Um, if Elvis moves, I'm not sure how the Blue Jackets would respond to that. Would Tarasov be given a chance to hold it down, Tarasov grieves, or would it be uh, a situation where the Blue Jackets would sign somebody uh, to work with Tarasov as the backup? Um, as for Greaves' ceiling, you know, he is such a great story. Uh, he's a wonderful person and kid, by the way. Came to Traverse City as an invite, right? Played very well. Earned himself a minor league contract. Went to, played some ECHL, played in the American Hockey League, played well enough in the American Hockey League, and earned himself an NHL deal, NHL, AHL, two-way deal. Everything they put in front of this kid, he has grabbed, he has confronted, and he has he has thrived in. So I'm not going to say this right here is the ceiling because I'm not sure there is one. Um, he is a, a a battler. He's a he's a really good athlete. 
Um, I'm not smart enough to know what the flaws are in his game, but there are some goalie, goalie coaches who think he's got some holes in his game. I have not heard anybody say that there are holes that can't be filled. Um, and I think, I think he's made dramatic improvement. He's extremely coachable from what everybody says. Um, and I'll tell you what, this is a fun organization right now. The losing is a bit much for some to take, I'll grant you. Um, but you can see the swell of talent here in Columbus. You don't have to squint to see it. If you spend any time around that Cleveland team, there's a real energy there as well, a real energy. Um, that's a team that feels like it can make a real run in the postseason. And I'll be curious to see what players uh, the Blue Jackets send to them um, late this season and when the NHL season ends uh, to buttress that roster. Uh, let's step back to the stage if we can. We've got Alex L. Uh, up with us. Alex, you are on front and nationwide. Go ahead, please. Hey, Forty, can you hear me? I can. Excellent. Thanks for having me on. Um, sorry just to keep dragging this Elvis situation out longer than it needs to be. But no, no. I think there's a lot I'm of questions. Curious, about it. Yeah. I'm curious what is more likely, um, unless he goes an absolute tear the next month, month and a half, it's unlikely he's traded based upon the uh, cap situation across the league. Um, is it more likely that they do everything they can to move him this offseason, or is it maybe um, getting to the situation where they're looking at a buyout? So I think the what, what you're seeing now is not – it is only part wanting to look at Tarasov, or what that was was just only part looking at Tarasov. This is a corrective measure for Elvis's. We wrote on this site uh, yesterday or the day before. I think it was Tuesday it ran. Um, it, it's a weird situation. They – they, in order, to, in order to trade him, they need him to be uh, quite possibly what he has been unable to be thus far. And then the question becomes: Well, if he suddenly turns it on and becomes that, why would you trade him? Um, I get the sense that the preference is, would is to move him. That's the clear sense to move him. Um. And I think, as we wrote the other day, myself and Jesse Granger combined on our piece, the the best chance for him to be traded is for him to go, as you said, on a six-week tear and have a general manager who is desperate for goaltending help to get into the playoffs or to give himself a chance in the playoffs decide that the risk is worth it. I'm not sure that a six-week tear would even do that and it's it is the cap hit this year for sure 5.4 um but that shrinks it's prorated as the season goes so by the trade deadline it'll really only be i'd have to do the math but probably like 1.2 or 1 1 million total on the cap the issue is the three years after um that would be hard for people to swallow i think if the blue jackets are to force a trade with him they're going to have to decide if giving up something in addition to Elvis for someone to take him is worth it, or if just buying him out is worth it. Uh, so what are the offers? What do you have to take back in return? How long is that term? How much is that money? 
what sort of draft pick, if you're having to sweeten it, what sort of draft pick are you losing to sweeten the trade to make, make it possible for someone to take him? All of those things have to be balanced with, you know, the, the cost of buying him out. I will say this, if there's a new GM, it's probably an easier conversation for the new GM to have with the owner. I'd like to buy a guy out that's going to cost us, what's two-thirds of 5.4, uh, 1.3.6. It's going to cost us 3.6, so 1.8 for six years, roughly. That's an easier conversation for a new GM to have rather than a struggling GM or a GM who's having a rough go of late to have with the owner. Um, I don't think a buyout is out of the question. If he can't be moved the rest of the season, I don't think it's out of the question. But nobody wants to do a buyout if they don't have to. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Um, Joseph M says, do you have any idea what happens when line a returns? Is there any possibility he is traded? Um, well, so how they fit line a back in the lineup when he is ready. Uh, my sense is that it's going to be, I don't know this. I think it's going to be at least a few more games before he's ready. It could be possible that he's not ready until the other side of the all-star break. Um, by then, who knows who's hurt, what's taking place, yada, yada, if there's a roster spot available. Um, so tough to say. Um, is there any possibility lining is traded? Possible, yes. And again, I, I think you know, he does not have an, a, an expiring contract. He's got a much larger deal than Rostovic. Uh, so I'm not sure that's an easy one to trade either. But you're looking at a team that's starting to take shape with a pretty solid and young um, top six. So I certainly think you can make the case that line A is more expendable now than he was at the beginning of the season. Uh, I wouldn't be in a, in a hurry to trade him, though. I'd like to see him get on a, on a uh, goal run here. I'd like to see him at some point in Columbus really explode like you know he has the capability of doing. Um, because I, I don't know that it's entirely his fault. There's been so many injuries here uh, for him, bad luck injuries. But I'd like to see him really, um, really put it together in Columbus. Um, Jeff M says, "Is Bemstrom on waivers?" Not to my knowledge. Jeff, can we put Tarasov on waivers? And if someone claims him, can we withdraw it? 
But no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, the trick with waivers, though, is if, if the so just use Tarasov because you used him as an example. The Blue Jackets would have to put him on waivers to get him to Cleveland. If an NHL team claims him, they have to be willing to keep him in the NHL as well. And if they try to send him to the minor leagues, he goes back on waivers, in which case the Blue Jackets could claim him. So it's they can't withdraw it, but it's not out of the question that he could be once again at some point available. But there are other teams that would get dibs before the Blue Jackets should he go back on waivers. So it's a very risky thing to do. I don't think they think that Tarasov would clear waivers at this point. That, that is why you still have a three-headed monster at goalie. Um, okay, let's go to Philip B. Philip B says, and I love this typo, Philip. I'm not making fun of you. I just love the typo. How much of our rooster mess has been due to the inability, obviously roster mess, has been due to the inability to move anyone off the team with the exception of Robinson? Um, and I, I laugh at that because I type Goatlander all the time instead of goaltender, and I laugh every time. How much of our roster mess has been due to the inability to move anyone off the team? Well, I don't know if there's a roster mess. Um, you know, with so many injuries right now, you know, it's not as crowded as it was at the start. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the trade deadline because you're going to move, you're going to, uh, you're going to move some people out here and create some space for the next wave, too. Reminder, let's see Jordan Dumais here this year. Let's see Matichuk here at the end of the season. When their junior clubs are done, they're eligible to to, uh, to join the big club. Excuse me. Um, I can see a lot of different guys. Um, Gavin Brindley, I, in theory, I'm not sure if he's ready to leave Michigan or not. If he signs a pro contract at the end of this season, he could be here by the end of the season. So let's go. Let's get some some new blood and some new numbers up here. Um, we got uh, Dominique B on stage. Dominique, we'll come to you in just a second. We're going to do one more text question, and then we'll come to you. So stay stay uh, tuned and, and be ready. Uh, Jacob V, I only hope that this is Jacob Voracek says, is it wrong to follow the Blue Jackets purely for the drama? Um, you know what? Thanks for thanks for paying attention, Jacob. I think I think we can say that. Whatever it takes. Uh, maybe you'll stay with the team when their next 25 years go dramatically different than their first 23 did. Um, Martin L says, what's the feeling in the organization on Proveral? It feels like Yarmo invested in him to be a number one or two D, but he's been sloppier and visible a lot of the time. You know, Martin, I'm not going to agree with that. I think he's been clearly a number two. Um, he's played a lot of number one whenever Orensky's been out of the lineup. He's played a lot of minutes. There's been some. There's been a couple of of garish turnovers. Absolutely, some nights where he hasn't been great, but he's he's eaten a lot of minutes, and I think he's been a pretty solid player. Um, had a couple goals the other night. He's on pace to at least challenge his career high in points. I got no problem with Provera. Um, Eric S says, and all of your ears, ears, and all of your years covering the organization, where does the season rank in terms of drama slash dysfunction? Babcock fiasco, Yurichek getting yanked around, Lonnie healthy scratch, Elvis trade request. Seems the team is making news every few weeks with this kind of stuff. 
Um, Eric, the only one that rivals this to me, well, it's been a couple. Um, those early McLean years were um, a gong show. McLean's last year was uh, was insane. Um, he was thrown out of the dressing room by Ken Hitchcock, literally. The GM told us to stay out of the dressing room. Imagine that. Um, the Arneal second season was a debacle. It only lasted 41 games, but it was just pure chaos. Um, so yeah, it has been a few, it's been an interesting team for sure. Uh, let's go to the stage. Dominique B, you are on front of Nationwide. Dominique, go ahead, please. I don't hear you. Okay. Can you hear me now? Oh, I do. Dominique, I got you. Go ahead, man. Excellent. Aaron, uh, been a fan of yours, uh, and your, uh, journalism for a long time. I'm a Montreal fan, but also a Columbus, uh, Blue Jackets fan. Well, thank you. Thank um, you. Yes. So, uh, listen, I, I read your post earlier on uh, X uh, regarding uh, Pascal Vincent's comments on uh, Elvis Merzlikians. Um Was wondering what uh, your take was on that uh, answer from him. Uh, I personally know that, you know, Elvis has been, uh, um, you know, prone to illnesses uh, these past two years. Um, I don't know if he's he, if uh, Pascal Vincent was referring to uh, his ability to dress warm or not, but uh, I wanted to have your take on that one. Well, I think uh, so. The first part of that was was Pascal Vincent saying that they had a conversation, and Elvis's big issue was what the team would be forced to wear by dress code on the West Coast trip. I, to me, I'm I'm a little suspicious that that's really what the conversation turned out to be, or a little suspicious that, that was the biggest part of the conversation. I think that is the coach trying to bring down the temperature of, on the situation. Um, I think the second part, him saying, you know, this is really simple. It was just a, a, an opportunity to get Daniel, Daniel Tarasov playing time. I think that is again, only a very, that's a part of this, but not the majority of it. I think he's trying to be careful not to publicly uh, correct a player or to bring into the public domain that which some people think should remain in the dressing room. Um, so I understand his position. He's, he's trying to walk a tight rope here. Um, and you know, it's, it's a very interesting thing and it opens up all sorts of different angles here, but there were some fans that thought that Pascal Vincent was unnecessarily harsh uh, toward Merzlikens after the Tom Wilson incident with the Capitals on December, I think it was the 21st. And w w what the passage of time uh, and information has told us is that with those words, with the way that he spoke after that game, uh, while some people are thinking he should have been sticking up for Merzlikens, I think from Pascal Vincent's perspective, he was sticking up for the rest of the team, which was not very happy with their goalie. I don't think what transpired, Elvis missing five, six games, um, I don't think that was purely the Tom Wilson incident. In fact, I know that it wasn't. 
I think the more immediate aspect of it, and again, even this isn't the, the whole of it, but the more immediate issue was him pulling himself out of yet another game um, two games later against Toronto. I think that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back where they said, all right, enough, we're going to confront this. But I, you know, I understand Pascal Vincent not wanting that to be made public. Um, and I think that's why he handled it the way that he did. So, um, Dominique, thanks for your question. I appreciate it. Thanks, we'll go back to the that, Back to the text fields now. Uh, Chris B says, what is your take on the team bringing in a motivational speaker? It seems to me there are bigger issues with the franchise than being motivated. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I mean, God, I'm not, uh, I might be the wrong person to ask. I think in any office space, there are, you're going to have half the people that roll their eyes and think we don't need to sit down and listen to this crap. And there may be other people that, that find something in it that they can use. Um, so I, am sure it, it ran, I'm sure there was some eye rolling. I'm sure there was also, uh, people taking notes. Um, John Gordon is the guy's name. Um, I don't know if Tony Robbins wasn't available, but John, I guess John Gordon is pretty well known in the realm of motivational speaking. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a touch cynical about that the guy's written 27 books 27 books does he have he's got 27 books worth of things to say um <coughs> but i suppose i should listen to him before i draw a judgment to that johnny H says why wouldn't it be better to buy out elvis versus retraining salary in a trade or throwing in sweeteners is it all just the math what well, is just the math yeah i mean again to buy out elvis you're talking six years beyond this year that's a lot to eat if you could take a two-year contract with the player that could be somewhat serviceable then it's up in two years if it takes you to throwing in a sweetheart pick or another player maybe that's still worth but these are the things the team has to measure it is math at the end of the day yes uh patrick s says we're going to go rapid fire here because we've got about 10 minutes to go and about probably 15 questions to get to Patrick S. says, do you think that management cringes every time Elvis gives an interview? Might he pop off and say, yes, I do. I, I don't know about cringe, um, but they they certainly, I think word makes it to on high. Elvis spoke today, and everybody wants to hear what he says. Um, I think there have been times where they've tried to direct him in a certain, listen, I like Elvis. I like Elvis a lot. Um, as a person, I think, I think he's a, uh, a fascinating person and we've had some wonderful interactions through the years. I really do. I like him a lot. Um, I think there are players in the room that like him a lot and people who like him a lot better uh, as a person than as a teammate. I think that it's reasonable to think there could be a mixed bag there. Um, I don't think any of this is personal, I guess is what I'm saying. I know nothing that we've written is personal. I like, I like Elvis a lot for our purposes. He is fantastic. He's colorful. Uh, he speaks vividly, he's passionate, all of those things. Um, but yes, he does He does pop off, and there are times where, uh, even as a reporter, you're asking yourself, I can't, 
should he really be saying this? I can't believe he's willing to go there. Um, again, I, I really, really like the player, and I'd love for him to get it together and have. A, I, he is an incredibly talented player too. There's no getting around that. Uh, Patrick D says, rather than write out lengthy list of mistakes the front office has made this year, I'll approach this from a different perspective. Thank you, Patrick. Is there anything the front office can do that will force McConnell to actually fire JD and Yarmo? They're literally the embarrassment of the NHL this year. Well, Patrick, I don't know if I don't. I think I don't want to talk you out of your words. You're free to believe what you want to believe. I'm not sure there's a ton of people who are looking at Columbus and feeling embarrassed for them this year. I, I, you may be too close to the situation. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've said this too. Like for me, uh, I would not fire John Davidson. I would not, I would, to me that, that man has had a career in this sport in almost any other sport that is almost unrivaled. When you think of his playing career, his management career, and his broadcasting career, that's an incredible career. That is a, a, a person of such stature, I believe, that you should make a decision on him before the season has ended. If, if this is where he wants to end it, and celebrate him on his way out of hockey to retirement. That's that's how I believe that that one should be handled. Um, I think Yarmo Kekalainen is in a different stratosphere than John Davidson. John Davidson uh, has earned that much. Um, I would I would not take any glee in getting rid of Yarmo either. He's been here for ten years. I think a lot of people think the moment he's let go. By the Blue Jackets, if it comes to that, he'll have no trouble getting a job in the National Hockey League. No trouble. Um, so, but yeah, I don't, I don't think the whole league, maybe I'm wrong, looks at Columbus. I may be too close to it and thinks, my God, what an utter embarrassment or that it's a franchise that is on fire in the league. There's been a lot of crap this year for sure. Um, stuff that has not looked that uh, has not shown a bright light upon the organization. Um, but every team goes through this on their downtime. Um, it's just that Columbus has been, you know, down for probably 17 of its 23 years. Uh, Martin L. says the arena district itself has restaurants like Buca de Pepo and others right by the arena that just have no activity or promotion. It seems like the Blue Jackets don't care if the district suffers. Okay, not so much a comment as a question. Uh, Jordan J says, if Elvis isn't traded, do you see him as a buyout candidate in the offseason? I do. As a candidate, possible, yes. Let's see how he finishes the season. I still think there's some time here to save things. Uh, Jacob B says, thoughts on your check possibly being sent back to Cleveland to bring Boone back from IR? Uh, I Well, you know, this probably won't be a surprise. I don't like it. Um, I don't like it. I think he should be playing. What is this season for? What are we doing? Um, if it's not to play your check, what is it for? Now, if you said we've got people interested in seeing Peak and Bean and Bokefist play, trade partners, okay. 
okay, yeah, that's that's the deal. I think there's an argument made that your check could have spent a time in Cleveland this year or the season in Cleveland, five months in Cleveland, come up at the end of the year. Um, again, I don't like the back and forth. Uh, last question comes from Chris F., who says, I thought Dumay is having hip surgery and is iffy for the start of next season. He is having hip surgery. He's supposed to be today. I'll send a message when we get off here. Maybe tweet about it if I get an answer. But I think the last I heard, the uh, hip surgery was to be today. Big day for the organization. Dumay gets hip surgery. Boone Jenner gets his jaw uh, unwired, as it were. Um, but he's not supposed to miss the rest of the season. No, he's supposed to be a six to eight uh, week recovery for for Dumay on. It's, I, it's not hip surgery. It's abdominal surgery. Uh, there was some thought that he came here to have his hips x-rayed. That was the report uh, from the reporter, I believe, in Halifax or Quebec. Um, it was discovered to be an abdominal injury. So he's having surgery. He's expected to miss six to eight weeks. So if this is the middle of January, uh, peg him towards the middle of March uh, for a return. So that gives him time to finish the season in Halifax. And assuming they don't go far in the QMJHL playoffs, uh, time to come either to Cleveland or to Columbus to end the season. Uh, that'll do it for Front Nationwide. Great episode, I think, this week. We went one hour. I appreciate you all being part of it. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks for the step into the stage, those that did. And uh, glad to have you all back again. We'll get back at it again next week. Uh, always interesting in Blue Jackets land. Thanks for being with me. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.